I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Arsenal versus Aston Villa, Wednesday, August the thirty-first, twenty twenty-two. Take off seven thirty p.m. The contents, captain's notes around Arsenal. Sustainability player feature, Tommy Yasu. Community voice, foundation voice. Arsenal women, academy young gun. Around the academy. Visitors, Aston Villa. Match action, Arsenal versus Fulham. And teams. Martin Odegaard, captain's notes. We showed great character on Saturday to get the win over Fulham. It was a really pleasing result for us. After going 1-0 down, following our own mistake, the way we lifted Gabby back up and how you, our supporters, got behind us, it was amazing. Of course, I'm happy to help the team again with a goal. Maybe I should shoot a bit more. There was a bit of luck with this one. The deflection took it in, but it was an important time to score, so I was pleased to see it go in. It was a different type of win to last week against Bournemouth, showing plenty of team spirit, coming from behind, striking back like we did. It made it four wins in a row, and it's vital for us to have that momentum at the start of the season. We have to keep it going, look for the next one, and that's what it's about. I've said a few times that we're creating something special with our togetherness in the dressing room, and within the team we're really connected and strong as a group. Everyone helps each other. And as you saw on Saturday, when someone has a bad moment, the rest of us are there to lift him up. It was great that it was Gabby who got the winning goal. At the start of the season, you see some teams are maybe inconsistent and might take a while to find their form, so that's why we're happy with our position in the league. We know that it's still very early. We have to keep working, focus on ourselves, and that's what we have to do tonight. It's a quick turnaround for us before facing Villa back here at the Emirates so that late winner was crucial to keep the confidence up. Their manager, Stephen Gerrard, was somebody I watched play a lot growing up. He was one of the biggest stars when I was younger. My dad was a Liverpool fan, so I didn't have much of a choice when I was a kid. So I always watched his games, and there's no doubt he was one of the best around at that time. I've watched him a lot, and the same as Mikel Arteta. He's now become a manager, and you can see that they both really understand the game, because they learn so much in their playing careers. I think he's showing already that he's a talented coach. Villa have had some good results since he took over. He's brought in good players as well, so he's building a strong side there. It will be another tough game for us, for sure. Philippe Coutinho is another player I watched a lot of, especially when he was in La Liga. 
He's been a success in the Premier League and in Spain, and although I think it's hard to compare the level of the two leagues, for sure there are differences in style between the two countries. In Spain, the games seem more controlled than the Premier League. There's a bit more chaos to the games over here, a bit more up and down, there's more running and it's a bit more physical too. Having played in Spain, the game is maybe a bit slower, with teams looking to control it more, but both leagues have a lot of quality. La Liga has a high technical level too, lots of players who are good on the ball. The biggest difference for me though is that here in England, all the teams can basically beat anyone in the league. All the teams have a lot of individual qualities, or something special that can decide any game. That, with the physicality and speed of the game, are the biggest differences. I think all the players who arrive here now know that anyway. We remind the new players that you can never relax in games, you can never take the foot off the pedal, no matter what the score is in any game. You can never put it in cruise control in the Premier League, the situation is always dangerous, but I think they all realise that anyway. They've watched the league. We talk about being sharp and killing the games, and I feel like we can still improve in that area. Already this season there have been some moments where we haven't been ruthless enough and killed off the opposition when we've had the chance. It's an area to improve for us. I wanted to mention Bukayo Saka as well, because I saw that he played his 100th Premier League game recently. At his age, still 20 years old, that's incredible. Everyone has been saying that we have a really young team, and we do, but I think what people forget is how experienced we already are as a team. Like Bukayo, I started out very young, and he's a great example of having lots of experience at a young age. He's played 100 games, he's played big games at the Euros, and he's such an important player for us. He's 20, he'll keep growing and keep improving, but he's done so much recently. The quality he has, he always gives us so much in the games, he creates so many chances. We play together on the right side, and it's amazing to link up with him. We understand each other so well on the pitch, it's great to play with him. And the best thing is, there's plenty more to come from Bukayo. There's no doubt about that. On behalf of the whole squad, thanks for your fantastic support again on Saturday. It was brilliant throughout the game. You got behind us rather than get frustrated, and it paid off. And the noise at full time was amazing. We'd love to hear that atmosphere inside the Emirates again tonight. Around Arsenal. Four-star start. Our win on Saturday against Fulham was a fourth consecutive win at the start of the Premier League season. A feat we have achieved only twice before. In our invincible 2003-04 season, we won the following games. Arsenal 2, Everton 1. Middlesbrough 0, Arsenal 4. Arsenal 2, Aston Villa 0. Man City 1, Arsenal 2 before a 1-1 home draw with Portsmouth. The following season, we won a record five games at the start of the season. Everton 1, Arsenal 4. Newcastle 5, Middlesbrough 3. Arsenal 3, Blackburn 0. Norwich 1, Arsenal 4. Fulham 0, Arsenal 3. Before a 2-2 with Bolton Wanderers. Hopefully a win tonight can match our achievement from 2004-05 and set up a chance for a record-breaking six-win start at Old Trafford. Europa League draw done. The draw for the Europa League group stage was made last Friday, and will face PSV Eindhoven, Bodo stroke Glimt, 
and FC Zurich. We were the first ball drawn out, placing us in Group A alongside a familiar face in PSV, as well as last season's Norwegian and Swiss champions. We've played against PSV, now managed by Rud van Nistelrooy, on six previous occasions, winning twice and drawing three times with one defeat. The Dutch side finished second in the Eredivisie last term, but lost out to Rangers in the Champions League qualifiers on Wednesday night. We've never played a competitive match against either Bodo Stroke Glimt, who have won back-to-back Norwegian titles, or FC Zurich, who were knocked out of the Champions League at the second round qualifying stage by Quarabag on penalties, before beating British opposition in Linfield and Hearts en route to reaching the Europa League. Match days will take place on the following Thursdays, September 8th, September 15th, October 6th, October 13th, October 27th and November 3rd. You can find match details for the Europa League fixtures elsewhere in the programme. The competition has changed somewhat since our last involvement during the 2020-21 season, with main changes as follows. All the group winners will progress straight into the round of 16, which is due to take place on March 9th and 16th. The second-place teams go into a playoff round in February, where they will face off against the eight teams that finished third in the UEFA Champions League groups to earn the right to reach the round of 16. The third-place teams drop into the UEFA Europa Conference League, where they will face the group runners-up from that competition in the playoff round, also on the 16th and 23rd of February. Anyone finishing fourth will be eliminated from European competition. As usual, the knockout stages will comprise home and away legs, although the away goal rule has been scrapped. The dates for the knockout rounds have been confirmed as Knockout round playoffs February 16th and 23rd. Round of 16, March 9th and 16th. Quarterfinals, April 13th and 20th. Semi-finals, May 11th and 18th. Final, May 31st. The tournament showpiece final will take place on Wednesday, May 31st in the Hungarian capital Budapest at the 65,000-seater Puskas Arena. Ref Watch. Tonight's referee is Robert Jones from Merseyside. Mr Jones has taken charge of just one Arsenal match in his career to date, last season's 5-1 League Cup victory over Sunderland at Emirates Stadium. He was also the man in the middle for Aston Villa's 1-0 defeat against Watford in the Premier League during the 2021-22 campaign. Mr Jones has officiated two top division matches this season. Leeds 2-1 win over Wolverhampton Wanderers and Nottingham Forest 1-0 victory at home to West Ham United. In all, he has refereed 24 Premier League matches, issuing 65 yellow cards and two reds. Amy remembers Steve. Arsenal author Amy Lawrence knew former head groundsman Steve Braddock from early in his Highbury career. She sent us this wonderful tribute to our dear friend. There is an image of Steve that remains perfectly him. A sunny day at Highbury during the week and the rhythmic burr of the mower hummed in the air as Steve drove his machine up and down his glorious green. He was a man at one with his craft. If he spotted you, he'd pull over and wander across for a chat and a joke. Absolutely nobody stepped onto the sacred surface without his permission. 
His humour was infectious, his heady optimism for life off the scale. After hanging out with Brad's, I'm pretty sure I was always beaming. He just had a natural way of making you feel so happy to be welcomed into his special sphere. My friendship with Steve began when I was working part-time at the gunner's shop in an era when the staff was small and informal enough for everyone to get to know everyone. Together with Bill from the box office, we formed a little trio. The three of us gravitated towards each other as we shared a love of music as well as Arsenal. We would make mixtapes for each other, keen to pass on some new record we had come across. He would blast dance music through his ears as he rhythmically clipped the pitch. Steve was not just passionate about his music, he also had incredible knowledge and memory. These qualities transferred easily to his work. Deep passion and an endless thirst for knowledge kept him on top of his game. Steve was proud and very protective of his pitch. The way he looked after it was a masterclass. In the world of turf, his work was legendary, as was his popularity among his peers. Towards the end of his life, he showed me messages from ground staff at other clubs asking after him and wanting to help. It demonstrated how admired and loved he was. He was a huge part of life at Highbury, not just for providing the best pitch in the business, but also the way he integrated with all the staff including the players and managers. They all knew not to mess with the grass while Steve was around or they would get an earful. After a while, he was more involved with the surfaces at London Colney, with considerably more turf to take care of, and it was there his connection with Arson blossomed, two forward-thinking obsessives ahead of their time. Steve's work in turning grass cuttings into biofuel was advanced, and Arson was a big supporter of that development. To Steve's delight, they remained close until the end. Steve reminds me of happy days at Highbury. We were all young then, a similar age to the players, living our Arsenal lives to the full. He always had the club in his heart and forged a path few would be able to emulate. Steve was a one-off. He was a pioneer professionally and a rare gem personally. To borrow the phrase he always signed off with, peace, love and respect. Kiss. Arsenal and After, Paul Davis, forward by Mikel Arteta. After an Arsenal-focused book to read, look no further. Arsenal legend Paul Davis has released his autobiography. Paul's story is a journey through almost 50 years at the very top in football, a leading player's take on an extraordinary period in our history, during which the club and football changed radically around him. Paul Davis, Arsenal and After, is more than just a fascinating football story. Paul's mum, Ruby, came to England from Jamaica in the late 1950s. Much of his family history was and is a mystery to Paul, who never knew his father. Born in South London, he was a senior player at Arsenal before he first met his older siblings, who stayed behind in Kingston. As a teenager, Davis was often the only black player wearing Arsenal colours. As often as not, he'd be the only black player on the pitch. With that came challenges. Racism in football and beyond in the early 1980s was undiluted and unapologetic. The fight for recognition, for opportunity and for change has been part of the Davis story ever since. His own emotional experiences are the lens through which he now looks back on everything he's achieved. Paul Davis, 
Arsenal and After, published by Reach Sport, is on sale now and can be purchased at reachsportshop.com. Win a signed copy. We have two books signed by Paul to give away to lucky readers. To be in with a chance of winning, answer the following question correctly. Aged 18, Paul made his first team debut at White Hart Lane on April 7th, 1980. What was the result in that game? A. We won. B. We drew. C. We lost. Email entries to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at AFC program. Entries no later than Monday, September 5th, 2022. Match Day Mascots. Welcome to tonight's mascots who will be leading the teams out at kickoff. 11-year-old Arsenal supporter Dylan, whose favourite players are Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus. Aston Villa are represented by young fan George. We hope you both enjoy your evening. Notice board. Totalizer. £155. Ellie Bailey. Wishing you a very happy 21st birthday for September 3rd. Love Mum, Dad and Chloe. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 90th birthday, John Colwell. We hope you've had a wonderful day. Love friends, family and all of us at Arsenal Football Club. Stephen Cordery. Happy birthday, love from all the family. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Adam Gerasimidis. Happy birthday. Enjoy the game and thank you for your loyal support. Happy birthday, Roshan. Have a great day and first Arsenal match. Love Daddy, Mama and Shay. Congratulations, Andrew and Evie Martin, who were married on July 20th, 2022. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Jermaine Murray. Happy birthday. With love, Sam, Paul, Joanna and all the family. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy upcoming 70th birthday to lifelong gooner Michael Farrell from Michael Jr. and all the family. Happy birthday to a top friend and lifelong gooner, Michael. All the best, Bo and Co. Arsenal remembers. Bill Dunks. It is with great sadness that I recently said goodbye to my Uncle Bill. He was the reason that I first came to Arsenal as a player in 1978. He was 75 when he passed and had supported Arsenal since he was three. R.I.P. Bill. Gary Lewin and family. Kiss, kiss, kiss. John Crosby. January 21st, 1961 to May 17th, 2022. A lifelong Arsenal fan who had attended since the early 70s and season ticket holder in the West Upper with his son, Mark. Will be sadly missed by all his friends and family. Stephen G. Jacobs, September 1967 to July 2022. A loving father. Stewie, Stuart Anthony Higginson, September 23, 1975 to June 30th, 2022. Passed away after a very sudden illness. A larger-than-life and vocal fanatical gooner. He leaves behind a beautiful family of Lisa and their two daughters, Holly and Maddie and will be missed by anyone who knew him. David Peter Milnthorpe passed away July 21st, 2022. A lifelong Arsenal fan all his life who remembered the days of Ian Wright and other great names. Keith Warner, aged 66, lived in Westcliff-on-Sea. A lifelong Arsenal fan and season ticket holder for many years.
R.I.P. Uncle Keith, C.O.Y.G. The last goal is draw between AFC and AVFC was on 26th of October 1997. In the 22 matches since, there have been 74 goals, 51 for AFC and 23 for AVFC. Nico's niece Lome Nicolas Pepe has joined Liga 1 side OCG Nice on loan for the 2022-23 season. The 27-year-old joined us from French side Lille at the start of the 2019-20 season and has made a total of 111 appearances for us in all competitions, scoring 27 goals. Nico notably ended his debut season being in the starting lineup for the 2020 FA Cup final setting up the winning goal in our 2-1 victory over Chelsea. Nico has been a regular in the Ivory Coast national team since making his debut in 2016. Taking part in the 2017, 2019 and 2021 editions of the Africa Cup of Nations. He has made 34 appearances for Ivory Coast, scoring 9 goals. All of us at Arsenal wish Nico well for his time in France. You can follow his progress by reading our regular Lone Watch reports on arsenal.com. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal vs Everton. Premier League. Sunday, September 11th. Kick-off 2pm. This is a Category B fixture. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Arsenal vs Tottenham. Premier League. Saturday, October 1st. Kick-off 12.30pm. This is a Category A fixture. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Arsenal vs Liverpool, Premier League, Sunday, October 9th, kick-off, 4.30pm. This is a Category A fixture. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Arsenal vs Manchester City. Premier League, Thursday, October 20th, kick-off, 8.15pm. This is a Category A fixture. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Arsenal vs Nottingham Forest. Premier League, Sunday, October 30th, kick-off, 2pm. This is a Category C fixture. Tickets will go on sale to Silver, Silver Cannon, JG and Disability Access members at 10am on Tuesday, August 30th. More tickets will also go on sale to Red, Red Cannon and Red Senior members at 10am on Monday, September 12th. Away tickets. Manchester United vs Arsenal, Old Trafford. Premier League, Saturday, September 4th, kick-off 4.30pm. This fixture sold out to all Platinum, Gold and Current Travel Club member 10 plus away points. Brentford vs Arsenal. Brentford Community Stadium. Premier League. Sunday, September 18th. Kickoff 2 pm. This fixture sold out to all platinum, gold, and current travel club member 40 plus away points. Sustainability. We received some wonderful pictures of our quickly growing Arsenal forest in Bore, Kenya this week. Our trees are now a head taller than the women who planted them. We only started planting just before Christmas. 
Six of our workers donned their Arsenal shirts for a photo shoot, and they are Ndokolani Mangi, Mary Niambu, Dahabu Kazungu, Lois Mweda, Emily Sifa John, and Rehema Daniel. The women are part of a group of well over 100 local people who have benefited financially from our project. The help provided to the workers is critically important because the financial shock in Kenya caused by the pandemic was substantial, as it was across the world. Now, other global forces mean there is a new crisis in this area of Africa. The price of maize flour is increasing at a rapid rate. This is a particularly difficult situation in a community like Bore, where the women will spend at least half of their disposable income on food for their families. The income from the forest is therefore hugely important and not only allows the women to put food on the table for their families, but also to spend their wages on school fees for their children. Any remaining funds tend to be spent on setting up a multitude of ingenious small businesses, which we have featured before on these pages. Another nomination. The Arsenal Forest Project received a bronze award at the Football Business Awards at the end of last season, and we found out recently that we have been nominated for another accolade. Leaders in sport set themselves the question. Which company is using sport as a vehicle to facilitate environmental and ecological change? After reading about our Arsenal Forest project, our commitment to making the programme carbon neutral and providing for a whole community in Kenya, their committee believed we were worthy of being shortlisted for their sustainability award. The LSA Awards are a prestigious event, with the ceremony being held at the Natural History Museum on September the 27th. Fingers crossed we can bring home some early silverware for the club this season. The Sustainability Award sees us pitted against some other really interesting schemes. The Planet League, an initiative where fans sign up to represent their club and score goals in fixtures against other clubs by completing green actions. Sarayek, Real Sociedad Foundation. The Spanish club are rescuing fishing nets off local coasts from the bottom of the sea and have found a way to recycle them into football goal nets. The Climate Pledge Arena. Oakview Group have taken over the Oakview Arena in Seattle, which now diverts large amounts of waste from landfill, creates a huge amount of on-site renewable energy, collects vast quantities of rainwater, and has a living wall featuring 8,000 plants. We are one ocean. The World Surf League have set a goal of bringing people together to care about the issue of ocean conservation and preserve the future for surfing for generations to come. As you can imagine, we're thrilled that our humble programme project has been selected to join such prestigious global projects. Net Zero Heroes Every issue we hear how a member of the Arsenal women's squad is thinking about sustainability. This issue we hear from the Gunners Australia forward, Caitlin Ford, who is bringing an environmentally conscious pursuit from back home over to the UK. I come from the coast in New South Wales, south of Sydney, says Caitlin, who signed a new contract with the club in May. 
we have a tradition of doing beach cleanups, which I've always taken part in. It's really important to make sure our beaches are kept clean and we remove as much plastic and other rubbish from the environment as possible. I've been over here in London for nearly three years now. There is no beach, obviously, but I have used some of my spare time to go out and pick up litter, and I'll continue to do that. It's really important for wildlife and the environment in general. That's fantastic, Caitlin. Let's also hope your 2022 Women's Super League season is littered with goals. Programme Upcycling Scheme Any programmes that we don't sell have traditionally been offered to our community projects as valuable resources. However, we would be more than happy to let supporters get involved in this upcycling if they have a charity, school or community venture that could benefit from old issues and have the means to be able to collect them from the stadium. Please drop us an email to programme at arsenal.co.uk outlining where and why you would like to use the old programmes and we'll be in touch. Grow your own. Carbon Link has already received lots of orders for trees from supporters wishing to add to the Arsenal forest. Over 16,000 are now being planted. Thanks for getting involved. We want to expand our 12.5-acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees. 25 trees for £25, 50 for £50, 100 for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small, sustainable step in the right direction and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what a unique gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Scan the QR code on this page for more information on our project and details of how to be part of our forest. Player feature. Inspirational Tommy Yasu. We speak to our players about where they find their inspiration. He's such a great character. He's a top professional who has given us a lot of composure in the back line. The way he defends, the way he understands what we want to do with him has been top. The adaptation and way he's done it deserves a lot of credit. Mikel Arteta. Takihiro Tomiyasu's instant acclimatisation to life at Arsenal should perhaps come as no surprise. After all, Adapting to new cultures and surroundings is nothing new for the Japan International. Tommy was still a teenager when he took the decision to leave his home in Fukuoka, Japan's second largest port city, and head for Europe. His destination was Limburg, home of Belgian top flight side St. Truden. Moving at such a young age can be a daunting experience, especially across continents, but Tommy was steely in his determination to make the move work. After all, he had a dream to realise. I want to become a special player in Belgium, Tommy explained to HVBL.B shortly after joining St. Truden. I do dream of playing in the Premier League one day. I played against England under-18s with Japan. That match opened my eyes. That's when I realised I had to move if I wanted to get to the next level. Communicating is the hardest part. Everyone is nice to me, but I only understand a few words. It's difficult to understand what is being said in training, but actually, 
The training sessions are more difficult for me than the matches, but I'm taking English lessons. Fast forward a couple of years and Tommy's English is near perfect. It speaks volumes for our defender's application, attitude and willingness to learn that, in the intervening time, he also picked up Italian during his stint with Bologna. By the time he was 22, Tommy had already realised his Premier League dream via stints in the top division in Japan, Belgium and Italy. As a child, Tommy initially looked set to follow in the footsteps of his older sisters and join a swimming club. But all that changed when schoolteacher Kanji Suji visited the apartment blocks in which the Tomiyasu family resided. Tommy was playing in the hallway, where he was spotted by Suji. His speed left the teacher stunned. Suji urged Tommy's parents to take him to a local football club. They obliged, sending him to Sanchiku Kicker's school programme, where Suji was a coach. It was a running style that I'd never seen before, Suji told Spanichi. It was like the wind. I had a hunch that maybe he would grow taller. When I let him dribble, there was probably no one in Fukuoka who had the legs to catch up with him. Tommy shone under Suji's guidance, his speed and composure on the ball already setting him apart from the rest. Even at such a young age, Tommy's ambitions for the future were clear. When asked to describe his dreams for the future at his elementary school graduation, the answer came almost instantly. I want to become a professional football player, he responded emphatically. I always wanted to win every game, Tommy explains to the matchday programme. I wanted to beat my opponent every single time I faced them. It was always an aim of mine to be a professional football player, but for me it was just about winning every duel and each game. I don't think I was a special talent or anything like that. I was just a regular normal player but my focus was on winning each duel and each match. My parents helped me a lot when I was young, especially when it came to football. If you want to play football, you need to have that support. When I went to matches, they would always be there watching and supporting me. Plus, they would take me everywhere and always bring me home too. I had a lot of support from them and, when I look back on it now, that made a very big difference for me. When I was young, I learned a lot of things – if you want to be a great footballer, you have to be a great person, also away from football. You need to be humble all the time, and you need to learn from your teammates as much as you can. Tommy's parents were an inspiration for our number 18 from a young age, and now another positive influence is helping to shape his career in England. Mikel Arteta is the best manager I've ever had, Tommy says. He's done a lot for me, on the pitch and off it too. Of course, he helped me improve my game, along with the rest of the staff. He's such an intelligent person. He knows absolutely everything about football and the game structure. He gives you a really clear picture of what you need to do, and I'm really learning a lot from him. He's helped develop my game, but I really appreciate how he has helped me away from the pitch too. I was so disappointed when I got injured last season, but Mikel spoke to me a lot and helped me through that time. Sometimes you have tough times in football, and being injured is always really difficult. It was a tough period for me, but having support from inside the club made a big difference. It wasn't just Mikel, my teammates were there for me, and so were the coaching staff. When you get that level of support and love, it really inspires you to give your absolute best for the club. Arsenal are one of the biggest clubs in the world, and I think everyone is determined to be a success. It's a good environment here as a player. When I received the offer from the club last summer, I didn't really think about it before deciding to join. 
I didn't really speak to my family or friends before making my decision. I had zero doubts. Arsenal are one of the biggest clubs around and I know I'm going to grow a lot here. I'm really happy to be at the club and I hope to stay for as long as I can. This year I just want to make sure I'm available all season to help the team as much as possible. Having the support of the Arsenal supporters has acted as an additional motivating factor for Tommy. When you play well, the crowd really respond to that, he says. You can feel their excitement and that makes it important to give them our absolute everything from the first minute. We respond to them and they respond to us, so it works well. Emirates Stadium is my favourite stadium to play in. I also really like Best Denki Stadium. It's the ground of Avispa Fukuoka, the club I started my career with. I grew up there and have a lot of really good memories in that stadium too. It's pretty different from the Emirates, but is also a special place for me. The atmosphere there is always top. When I play at the Emirates, I always feel our supporters behind us and they really give us a lot of energy to take three points in every game. Community Voice Project Arsenal Employability Provision ESF Targeted NEAT Programme in partnership with Capital City College Group Established 2012 Participants since starting 500 Weekly participants 15 Sessions throughout the year Available to any individual aged 16 to 25 from Islington, Camden and Hackney that is looking for work. More info at jferguson at arsenal.co.uk or mantoniovich at arsenal.co.uk That's spelled M-A-N-T-O-N-I-E-W-I-C-Z Riley Butler is 17 and from Islington. He has been involved with Arsenal in the community for several years, having previously taken part in our double club programme while at a local primary school. Now, Riley has joined our ESF-targeted NEAT Employment Support Programme in partnership with Capital City College Group, has progressed into education and on to our Saturday Jobs Programme. I first heard about the project from Jack Ferguson, when I attended a meeting at the Hub. I have been aware about other projects with the community team, especially Arsenal Cakes, which I've attended previously. When I heard about the project, I immediately knew it was something I wanted to do, especially because I'm a fan of the club. At the time, I was offered a chance to enrol on this project. I had just started to get back into education after a few years away, and I thought it was important I did get back into it. The first time I went, I was nervous about meeting new people, but I became comfortable quite quickly and made some new friends. I have been able to have work experience opportunities on the market stall at Queen's Crescent, as well as submitting a job application with Nando's. I have made some good friendships, but one really stands out. I joined the project with him, Then he became my work colleague at the stall. The staff at Arsenal have been amazing and really helpful, especially when helping to incorporate my disability and making me feel comfortable. Being a part of the project has helped me gain a lot of confidence and made me more encouraged to talk to people. 
I have learned some really good people skills while working at the market, including talking and feeling more comfortable when around new people. I have been able to implement them in my everyday life, like when going out to football pitches and having the courage to start a conversation with people. I would encourage people to join the programs. There are so many life skills and different things to learn. I feel it has made me more mature and has helped me to start new friendships with people I didn't think I'd be friends with. What surprised me most is that the staff are really understanding and it's like talking to a friend most of the time. Being a part of Arsenal means everything to me. My mum and dad have brought me up from a young age to love Arsenal and that's exactly how I feel about the club. Riley has shown a variety of skills through our employment programme, including teamwork, interview skills and enthusiasm to develop his career. We look forward to supporting Riley in his next steps. The photograph with this report has the caption Proud Gunners fan Riley is a regular at Arsenal in the community. Foundation Voice The Arsenal Foundation has helped shelter from the storm give homeless people a safe space to sleep in. General Manager Matt Conlon tells us how. I first got involved with Shelter from the Storm as a volunteer in 2012. I can remember when I first walked in there was an amazing vibe to the place, not what you'd expect a homeless shelter to be like at all, and I just wanted to be involved. I volunteered several times a week and in 2015 I began working for the shelter. I'm general manager but I get stuck into a bit of everything from cleaning up to writing funding applications, helping with casework and supporting our amazing volunteers. We moved into our new premises in Islington in July 2019. We were able to renovate an old commercial space into a custom-built homeless shelter with the needs of our guests at the heart of the design. Our dorms were open plan two male dorms and one female, and we wanted to redesign them to create as much privacy and security for our guests as possible. Initially, we didn't have the funding to do this, but with help from the Arsenal Foundation, we've been able to. The sleeping pods provide a reassuring sense of security and a more permanent solution for our dormitories. Each bed space is accessible through an entrance hatch. In each pod, there's a bed and a small amount of space to leave some belongings as well as a USB charging point and a reading light. Each guest also has their own lockable wardrobe. The entrance to each bed has a roller blind, allowing each guest to create a fully enclosed space, which is cosy and private. Shelter from the Storm cares for and supports 36 homeless people every night, and each year we support around 250 people. The pandemic was a hugely difficult time for people who found themselves homeless. With so many services closed, it was really hard for people to access the support they needed. But we're still seeing a huge increase in demand. Every week we receive around 50 referrals from the local area for people in need of emergency accommodation. I don't know if I have a proudest moment exactly, but I do always enjoy seeing the transformation that takes place in people during their time with us. Often, the day they arrive here is one of the lowest points in their lives. But we support people to rebuild their lives. They have somewhere safe to sleep, a dedicated caseworker, showers, laundry, English lessons and even counselling, all for free. So when someone moves out of the shelter, into their own accommodation, they can seem a different person 
Traditionally, football clubs have always been at the heart of their community and it's really important that they maintain this connection. With no government funding, we rely entirely on donations to continue the work that we do, so we're extremely grateful to have been supported by the Arsenal Foundation to improve the services that we offer to homeless people in London every night of the year. For more info, visit sfts.org.uk. Arsenal Women Ellen bows out. Former Arsenal striker Ellen White has announced her retirement from competitive football. Ellen began her record-breaking career with us after being scouted as an eight-year-old. She spent eight years in our youth teams before moving to Chelsea in 2005. Ellen returned to Arsenal and Meadow Park five years later, in time for the inaugural Women's Super League season in 2011. During the following three years, she scored 25 goals in all competitions, helping us to two league titles, two FA Cups and three Continental Cups. Ellen is the Lionesses' all-time leading goalscorer with 52, only one off Wayne Rooney's record total for the men's side. She has played at three World Cups for England and earlier this summer was a key member of Serena Weichmann's Women's Euro 2022 winning squad. We wish Ellen all the very best in her retirement. Jordan back with England Congratulations to Jordan Nobbs. Our midfielder is back in the England squad. Jordan is one of four Arsenal players called up by Serena Weichmann. Women's Euro 2022 champions Leah Williamson, Lot Vubenmoy and Beth Mead have also been selected. The Lionesses need just one point to qualify for next year's World Cup. They face Austria on Saturday before hosting Luxembourg three days later. Hello, Herr Sugenurach. Jonas Eideval and the first-team squad stepped up preparations for the new season with a trip to Germany recently. Based at Adidas headquarters, the team trained in the Bavarian Sun, got up close with historical artefacts on the company's Walk of Fame, where they dug through the archive to see vintage balls, boots and shirts, including some classic Arsenal jerseys spanning the decades, and hosted an inter-squad friendly as the big kick-off draws ever closer. Our season starts on Sunday, September the 11th, with an away match at Manchester City. Women's Super League fixtures announced. The Women's Super League fixtures have now been announced, as Arsenal aim to go one better than last season and regain the title from Chelsea. September 10th-11th, Manchester City. 17th-18th, Brighton and Hove Albion, home. 24th-25th, Tottenham Hotspur, home. October, 15th, 16th, Reading, 22nd, 23rd, Liverpool, 29th, 30th, West Ham United, home. November, 5th, 6th, Leicester City, 19th, 20th, Manchester United, home. December, 3rd, 4th, Everton, home. 10th, 11th, Aston Villa. January, 14th, 15th, Chelsea, home, 21st, 22nd, Brighton and Hove Albion. February, 
4th, 5th, West Ham United. March 4th, 5th, Liverpool, home. 11th, 12th, Reading, home. 25th, 26th, Tottenham Hotspur. April 1st, 2nd, Manchester City, home. 22nd, 23rd, Manchester United. 29th, 30th, Everton. May 6th, 7th, Leicester City, home. 20th, 21st, Chelsea. 27th, 28th, Aston Villa, home. Further details on dates and kickoff times will be provided in due course, together with confirmation of the games to be played at Emirates Stadium. Dates will also be forthcoming for our Champions League fixtures, Continental Cup and FA Cup matches. Stay close to Arsenal.com for all the details. Academy Young Gun, Luis Brown. The Basics, born Murcia, Spain, September 25th, 2005. Joined Arsenal, 22nd of May, 2014. Height and weight, 5 foot 10 inches, 70 kilogram. Position, centre back. School, St John's Senior School. Squad number, 99. Rate yourself out of 100. Pace, 68. Dribbling, 60. Passing, 88. Shooting, 72. Defending, 90. Physical, 87. Interview, Emma Holbrook. Photography, David Price. Luis's dad, Kenny, and granddad, Ken, both played for West Ham. In the latter's case, 468 times. The past. Favourite Arsenal player of all time, Tony Adams. Earliest Arsenal memory. First ever training session. So many good players. Favourite goal I've scored. I don't score many. Probably my header versus Tottenham. A football memory that makes me smile. Being England captain on my debut. Moment I realised I could make it. When I stepped on the pitch. One piece of advice I would give to my younger self. Enjoy it more. Best subject in school. English. The first player who made me fall in love with football, Ronaldo. My position growing up, left back. Coach who has impacted my game most, Adam Birchall. Most clutch moments so far. Clearance off the line to win semi-final versus Leeds. The footballing legacy in my family is impossible to ignore. From my granddad Ken, a West Ham legend, to my dad Kenny who has played everywhere from Plymouth to Torrey Vieja. It has always felt inevitable that I would follow in their footsteps. I've always wanted to be a footballer. There's no other job in the world I'd rather do. My journey to Arsenal and London Colney has been an interesting one. I was born in Spain whilst my dad was managing a club in Valencia and it wasn't long before I stepped out onto the pitch as the team's mascot. My dad's playing and coaching experience still comes in handy and he always gives me good advice. Not that I'd ever tell him that, of course. Even though dad's the one who introduced me to football, I definitely can't leave my mum out. After years of watching my dad play across the country, she then took me to training every single day and I couldn't appreciate it more. Now I'm nearly driving, she can finally rest. We moved back to England just after I turned five and although the pronunciation of my name changed 
my love of football didn't. I started playing Sunday League for Byron Red Star, and, looking back on it, we were a pretty decent side. Some of the lads went to Tottenham, West Ham and Bournemouth, and we keep in touch, even though we're competing against each other now. Alongside Sunday League, I played for Arsenal, Chelsea and West Ham until under-9s level, which is the year you have to choose one team. Growing up in a die-hard West Ham household didn't make it an easy choice, but after speaking with my family it became clear that there was only one option. Arsenal had the better coaches, the better facilities and the better players. Once I decided there was no turning back, it was time for Hale End. Those years at the academy were such a formative time for me. There were many people who helped along the way, in particular my academy coach Adam Birchall. He had a transformational impact on who I am as a player and a person. As well as being my coach for over five years, I can safely say that he's also my friend off the pitch. Having that trust is so important because you know when he tells you something, he's telling you honestly. That has been such a huge thing for my development. A standout memory playing with Adam as my coach came at the under-15s level and the first round of a cup competition. We were thrashed 7-0, and when we went back to the dressing rooms at full time, Adam simply told us, Boys, I promise you that you'll make it to the final of this cup. From that moment on, we flipped a switch, we worked hard, we believed in ourselves, and in the end, the only thing that stopped us making it to that cup final was Covid. I'll never know if we would have won that trophy, but it's enough to recognise how far we came as a team after that initial defeat. Now I'm in my second season in the under-18s and Jack Wilshire has just joined us as our coach. It was such a relief when I finally got a scholarship to London Colney after years of hard work and watching my mates get their chance. I've got to shout out Rachel in my Colney digs for helping to make my move from Hell End as easy as possible. She's like a second mum, really. My plan for the rest of this season is to play well for the under-18s and keep linking up with my centre-back partner, Maldini Kukuri, who I love playing with. If that continues, maybe I'll get a chance to step up. I'm just taking each day as it comes. The youth development here motivates you to be better. Seeing Bradley Ibrahim train with the first team as a first-year scholar was really inspiring. And obviously, it's incredible to see the journey of Hale End graduates like Saka and Smith Rowe. But as a defender, I'd love to play like William Saliba or Ben White with their skill and versatility. Leadership is a vital part of my game and I have Alex Hepton at Hale End to thank for that as he helped me channel my wild energy as a child into something more focused. I've gone on to prove what I can do as a leader on the pitch by even wearing the captain's armband on my England debut. Over the summer I got goosebumps seeing Leah Williamson lift the Euros trophy for the Lionesses as a fellow gunner and England captain. The men were so close and the women did it and it makes you realise that these achievements aren't that far out of reach. There are countless dreams you have as a kid from league titles to Ballon d'Ors but I think lifting the World Cup for my country will always be at the very top of that list. It can't get any better than that. The present. 
Favourite rising baller, Finn Fletcher. Best attribute on the field, leadership. One thing I'm doing to improve my education, business A-level. Favourite current Arsenal player, Emile Smith-Rowe. Favourite YouTuber, Nelk. Hardest working teammate, Seb Ferdinand. Most skillful teammate, Ethan Noaneri. Favourite training drill, passing. Favourite music artist, 50 Cent Stroke Nines. Strong young gunners are sustainable gunners. Tell us one thing you're doing to help the environment. Using public transport. The future. A player who could go all the way. Me. If I could play with anyone. Sergio Ramos. I will be happy with my career if I win the World Cup. I want to make a difference by being the best centre-back ever. One thing I want to add to my game. Being more relaxed. If I could get a degree in anything. Business. I would be a better player if I stopped getting stressed. If I could play in any other country, Spain. One person I want to meet, Ronaldo. One trophy I would love to win, Ballon d'Or stroke World Cup. Dream first team squad number, five. Around the Academy. Charles Sago Jr. was one of four goal scorers in our thumping victory over Chelsea at Meadow Park on Saturday, August 20th. Mehmet Ali's under-21 side made it three wins out of three to start the Premier League two season, firing the young gunners to the top of the table. We did really well, Charles said after the game. We stuck to Mehmet's game plan and executed it really well. It was really good to get on the score sheet as well. It was a relief because I'd come close against United and West Ham. James Olajinka did really well to time the pass, and then I put my laces through it, and it went in. Charles, 18, scored 10 times for the under-18s last season, and the London-born forward, who joined the club aged 11, is enjoying the step up to under-21 football. It feels really good, he added. Mehmet really trusts me, and I appreciate him starting me whenever he does. I just want to give 100%. Goals are an extra for me. I just want to help the team as much as possible. Charles scored our third goal against Chelsea after Ole Yinka and Kyan Edwards had put us 2-0 up in the first half, only for Charlie Webster to pull one back for the visitors. Charles's well-taken goal midway through the second half restored our two-goal lead before Nathan Butler Oyedeji came off the bench to score our fourth in stoppage time. It means we sit top of Premier League 2 with a maximum nine points from the opening three fixtures and ten goals scored. Wilshire's under-18s earn a point. Our under-18s picked up the first point of the Academy Premier League season thanks to a battling one-all draw away to Fulham on Saturday, August 20th. In the second match of the season, Jack Wilshire's side made a bright start but fell behind when 16-year-old goalkeeper Alexi Rojas gave away a penalty. Delano McCoy-Splatt stepped up from the spot and sent our Columbia Youth International the wrong way. We hit back instantly though. Ethan Nguyeneri crossed high to the back post where Amari Benjamin got the better of his man with clever movement to tap home into the bottom corner. Maldini Kakuri, returning to play against his former club, produced an outstanding defensive performance alongside Tino Quamina at the heart of our backline to frustrate the hosts forwards throughout the afternoon. Rojas more than made up for his first half error with an astonishing double save minutes from full time 
to ensure we left Fulham with a deserved point. Our performance was good again, said head coach Wilshere after the game. Everything we asked from the boys we got. Playing out from the back, being brave, and the way we pressed was very good as well, especially in the first half. I thought we were excellent. It's a similar feeling to last week though, he added. We're a little disappointed we didn't win the game. When you dominate a game like that, the higher up you go, you have to win those games. But that will come. Academy Loan Watch Several of our young gunners enjoyed successful loan spells last season, and this campaign is proving no different. With the season now well underway, our loanees are already beginning to have a big impact for their respective loan clubs. Harry Clark is off the mark for Stoke City, scoring a header in their 2-0 win against Blackpool in the Championship. Our 21-year-old defender has made three appearances for the Potters so far. Two days after completing his loan move, Brooke Norton Cuffey debuted for Rotherham United in their League Cup clash with Morecambe. In other Championship news, Charlie Patino's bright start to life in Blackpool has been put on hold due to an ankle injury. Elsewhere in the EFL, Tyrese John-Jules is up and running after scoring a terrific solo goal in his first start for Ipswich Town. The Tractor Boys currently sit top of League One. Mazida Gungbo played the full 90 and helped the home side keep a clean sheet in Crawley Town's surprise defeat of Fulham in the Carabao Cup. Our defender is proving to be a regular starter for the League Two side, with six appearances to his name. Meanwhile, in Europe, Marcelo Flores made his first start for Real Oviedo in their 1-0 win over CD Legan in La Liga 2. This also marked our 18-year-old winger's first professional start in senior football. While Mika Biereth has yet to start in the Eredivisie for RKC Walwich, his pre-season form was immense, scoring five goals and providing one assist in only four games. Salah Adin Ouladmand and Tom Smith are the latest young gunners to head out on loan this season. Salah Adin will spend the campaign in the Championship with Hull City, while goalkeeper Tom will link up with National League outfit Bromley. The Visitors, Aston Villa, 30 years of Premier League, games 1,042, wins 355, losses 390, goals 1,268, goals conceded 1,359, seasons in the Premier League 27, highest position 2nd, 1992-93. Lowest position, 20th, 2015-16. stroke 16. Finished in the top half 15 times. Most appearances, Gareth Barry, 365. Most goals, Gabriel Abong-Lahore, 74. Defeated in each of their first two Premier League away fixtures this season at Bournemouth 0-2 and Crystal Palace 1-3, Aston Villa will be eager to avoid an unwanted hat-trick this evening. They did, however, claim a decisive win on the road eight days ago in the second round of the Carabao Cup, coming from behind to beat Bolton Wanderers 4-1 and earn themselves a trip to Manchester United in November. After spending three seasons in the Championship from 2016-17 to 2018-19, Villa are now into their fourth successive top-flight campaign. The famous Birmingham club, league champions and FA Cup winners seven times each, 
as well as kings of Europe 40 years ago, are determined to revive former glories. But it is over a decade since they last finished in the top half of the Premier League, ninth in 2010-11, which was also the last season in which they were involved in Europe. Villa changed their manager midway through last season, with Steven Gerrard opting to move south from Rangers, where he had been successfully operating for three and a half years, to replace Dean Smith. Although the former Liverpool and England midfielder started strongly, the season petered out somewhat, an early FA Cup exit exacerbated by a poor finish in the league that bought just one win from their last 11 matches, as opposed to six defeats, and ended in a 14th place finish on 45 points, three places lower and 10 points fewer than in 2020-21. In a bid to improve on these numbers, Villa have been busy in this summer's transfer market, making Philippe Coutinho's loan transfer permanent and bringing in another Brazilian, defender Diego Carlos from Sevilla, as well as promising French midfielder Boubacar Camara from Marseille, and backup goalkeeper Robin Olsen from Roma. Unfortunately, Carlos ruptured his Achilles tendon in Villa's 2-1 home win against Everton on August 13th and is likely to miss most of his debut campaign in England. Villa have also lost promising youngster Kani Chukwuelmeka, star of England's European Under-19 Championship triumph in Slovakia earlier this summer, to Chelsea for £20 million. There was also some significant headline-grabbing internal activity during the close season as Gerrard opted for a change of club captain, switching the armband from Tyrone Mings to John McGinn. The boss, Stephen Gerrard, head coach, born 30th of May 1980, Wiston, Merseyside, previously Rangers 2018-2021. to Villa made Stephen their new head coach last November when they tempted him from Rangers, where he had become an extremely popular figure after leading the Ibrox club to the 2020-21 Premiership title. A Liverpool legend with 186 goals in 710 appearances, most of them as captain, he was also an England international for 14 years, accumulating 114 caps and 21 goals. The dynamic midfielder won the UEFA Cup and the Champions League with Liverpool, as well as both domestic cups. After an 18-month spell with LA Galaxy to end his playing career, he returned to coach Liverpool's youth team before entering management with Rangers in June 2018. Number 7 the new skipper, John McGinn, midfielder, born Glasgow, 18th October 1994, previously St Mirren, Hibernian. Villa's new captain was signed from Hibs in August 2018, ending his debut campaign with the club's Player of the Year award after scoring the winning goal in the championship playoff final against Derby. The 27-year-old left-footer has continued to develop at Premier League level, missing just four games in the last two seasons and is a key player for Scotland, for whom he is the leading marksman in the current squad with 13 goals in 48 internationals. Number 1. The ex-gunner, Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. Born, Mar del Plata, Argentina. 2nd of September, 1992. Previously, Arsenal, Oxford, loan. Sheffield Wednesday, loan. Rotherham, loan. Wolves, loan. Getafe, loan. 
Reading loan. After a decade as an Arsenal player, which comprised multiple loan spells, Emmy departed in September 2020 to join Villa. He certainly left on a high, starring twice at Wembley to help the Gunners win the FA Cup and Community Shield, and he has maintained that form at Villa, starting virtually every Premier League game and becoming a national hero in Argentina last year as he helped his country win the Copa America only a few weeks after making his debut. Number 5. The Cornerstone, Tyrone Minks, Defender Born, Bath, 13th of March 1993 Previously, Ipswich, Bournemouth Having become a Villa cult hero in 2018-19, stroke following a mid-term loan move from Bournemouth, Tyrone has thrived with the West Midlanders, taking over the captaincy last season following the departure of Jack Grealish, but surrendering it this summer to John McGinn. Although he was dropped for the season's opener at former club Bournemouth, the long-term injury to new signing Diego Carlos suggests that the left-footed England international centre-back will continue to enjoy regular game time this term. Number 11. The Marksman, Ollie Watkins, forward. Born, Torquay, 30th of December 1995. Previously, Exeter, Western Supermare, loan, Brentford. Ollie became Villa's record signing when he joined for £28 million in September 2020. The 26-year-old Devonian, who started out in League Two with Exeter, earned the move following a brilliant 2019-20 season with Brentford, in which he scored 25 championship goals. He has been Villa's top scorer in each of the past two seasons. His 16-goal tally in 2020-21, including a Premier League brace in a 3-0 win here at Emirates Stadium, and he is now an England international with two goals in seven outings. Number 23. The Superstar. Felipe Coutinho, forward, born Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, 12th of June 1992. Previously, Inter Milan, Vasco da Gama, loan, Espanyol, loan, Liverpool, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, loan. Signed on loan from Barcelona midway through last season, Felipe, a former Liverpool teammate of Villa boss Steve Gerrard, made the move to Villa Park permanent in the summer costing a reported £17 million. A clever, intuitive support striker come winger with 21 goals in 68 appearances for Brazil, the 30-year-old won no trophies during his five-year Anfield stay, but was a double winner with Barcelona in 2017-18 and a treble winner, including the Champions League, while on loan at Bayern Munich in 2019-20. Number 44. The New Boy Boubacar Kamara, midfielder, born Marseille, France, 23rd of November 1999. Previously, Marseille. Versatile defensive midfielder Boubacar left hometown club Marseille last summer and joined Villa as a free agent on a five-year contract. A France youth international at every age group from under 17 upwards, he made his senior debut for Les Bleus in June thus ending the chance to switch his allegiance to Senegal, for whom he was also eligible. The 22-year-old made 170 senior appearances for Marseille and has been a regular starter this season for his new club. Number 9. The Number 9. 
Danny Ings, forward, born Winchester, 23rd of July 1992. Previously, Bournemouth, Dorchester, Lone, Burnley, Liverpool, Southampton. After two outstanding seasons with Southampton, during which he scored 34 Premier League goals, Danny made Aston Villa the fourth top-flight club of his career when he joined in August 2021 for a reported £25 million fee. Capped three times for England, the 30-year-old has fought back brilliantly from terrible injury problems during an ill-fated spell at Liverpool and scored seven Premier League goals in 30 appearances for Villa last season, adding another at home to Everton earlier this month. Number 41, the rising star, Jacob Ramsey, midfielder, born Birmingham, 28th of May 2001. Previously, Doncaster, Lone. Since scoring his first Premier League goal for Villa in a 3-1 defeat against Arsenal at Emirates Stadium last October, Jacob has established himself as a key figure in Steven Gerrard's team and was voted both Villa's Young Player of the Year and Players Player of the Year at the end of last season, which he concluded with six goals in 34 league appearances. The locally-born England under-21 international midfielder signed a lucrative contract extension in April that will keep him at Villa Park until 2027. Scouting Report Words Michael Cox Photography Getty Images Aston Villa's start to 2022-23 has been inconsistent, but it's clear that manager Stephen Gerrard has a plan. Upon taking charge in November last year, Gerrard quickly installed a system that involved full-backs energetically overlapping to form a front five with the attacking trio, leaving a solid midfield three protecting the two centre-backs. There are similarities with how Gerrard set up at Rangers, and comparisons have inevitably been made to Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. But there's a variety in Gerrard's approach, particularly in terms of the front three. Sometimes it's a trio offering natural width, sometimes it's one playmaker behind two strikers, and sometimes it's two playmakers between one striker. Indeed, none of Gerrard's attackers started more than two of the first three games of this season, and he's essentially picking three from five. In terms of proper goal scorers, Danny Ings is the closest thing to a proper number nine, although he's equally comfortable coming short and linking play. Ollie Watkins is more notable for his ability to burst in behind, working the channels well. They can play together too. The opener in Villa's 2-1 win over Everton came after Watkins was released into the right channel and passed inside for Ings to finish on the turn. Width can be provided by Leon Bailey, who was particularly bright in the first half of the 3-1 defeat at Crystal Palace, assisting Watkins' opener with a clever header and cutting inside to bend a shot against the bar. The invention, meanwhile, comes from Felipe Coutinho, who played alongside Gerrard at Liverpool, drifting inside from the left, though the Brazilian limped off against West Ham on Sunday. The diminutive Emiliano Buendia can be similar, and is also surprisingly useful in the air for a small playmaker. Both fullbacks are encouraged to push forward whenever possible. Against Palace, Lucas Digne fired over from Matty Cash's low cross to the far post, which summarised the approach. Villa can be caught out at defensive transitions, and Digne has had a hard time in that sense, 
scoring an own goal against former club Everton and conceding a penalty against Palace. Although it's arguable, he couldn't have done much else in either situation. The midfield is likely to comprise Bubakar Kamara in the holding role, with John McGinn spraying passes into attack from the right and the energetic youngster Jacob Ramsey to the left. Gerard seems settled on that trio. In defence, the serious injury suffered by Diego Carlos means Tyrone Mings and Ezri Konza have reprised their partnership from last year. Villa's defending has been dubious at times, particularly on the opening day when they conceded two goals at Bournemouth in scrappy situations following set pieces. Goalkeeper Emiliano Martinez is a familiar face. He saved a Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang penalty here last season before the striker put home the rebound. Coincidentally, the same thing happened to Martinez last weekend, with Wilfred Zaha smashing past him after his penalty was saved. Stop press. Following Sunday's defeat to West Ham, Villa have lost at least three of their first four Premier League games to a season for the fifth time, doing so previously in 1997-98, stroke 2002-03, stroke 2013-14 and 2019-20. stroke Match Action Premier League, Saturday, August 27th, 2022. 5.30pm, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 2, Fulham 1. Timeline, 33 minutes. Saka is through on goal, but Lino saves well. 56. Mitrovic dispossesses Gabriel and shoots past Ramsdale. 64. Odegaard shoots past Lino with help from a deflection. 86. A scramble from a corner ends in Gabriel stabbing in the winning goal. Facts. Gabriel scored his ninth goal for Arsenal in his 74th game for the Gunners. We have lost none of our 31 home meetings with Fulham in all competitions. 125 drawn 6. This was the first time we conceded the first goal in a Premier League match in the second half and managed to come back and win since 2013. Teams For Arsenal Manager Mikel Arteta Shirt red with white sleeves Shorts white Socks red 1. Aaron Ramsdale Goalkeeper 2. Hector Bellerin 3. Kieran Tierney 4. Ben White 5. Thomas Partey 6. Gabriel Magalhães 7. Bukayo Saka 8. Martin Odegaard 9. Gabriel Jesus 10. Emil Smith-Rowe 11. Gabriel Martinelli 12. William Saliba 14. Eddie Nketiah 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Takehiro Tomiyasu 21. Fabio Vieira 22. Pablo Mari 23. Albert Sambi Lokonga 24. Reese Nelson 25. Mohamed Elneny 27. Marquinhos 30. Matt Turner, goalkeeper 34. Granit Xhaka 35. 
Alexandra Zinchenko. For Aston Villa, manager Stephen Gerrard. Shirt, light blue. Shorts, light blue with claret trim. Socks, claret with light blue trim. 1. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 2. Matty Cash. 3. Diego Carlos. 4. Esri Consa. 5. Tyrell Mings. 6. Douglas Lewis. 7. John McGinn. 8. Morgan Sanson. 9. Danny Ings. 10. Emiliano Buendia. 11. Ollie Watkins. 12. Jed Steer, goalkeeper. 16. Callum Chambers. 17. Ludwig Augustinsson. 18. Ashley Young. 19. Marvellous Nakamba. 21. Anwar Al-Ghazi. 23. Philippe Coutinho. 24. Frédéric Goulbert. 25. Robin Olsen, goalkeeper. 27. Luca Digny. 31. Leon Bailey. 35. Cameron Archer. 41. Jacob Ramsey. 44. Bubakar Kamara. 47. Tim Arugbunam. Referee Robert Jones. Assistant referees Lee Betts. Ian Hussin. Fourth official Craig Pawson. VAR official Darren England. Additional VAR official James Mannering. Today's other fixtures, 7.30pm unless stated. Bournemouth vs Wolverhampton Wanderers. Manchester City vs Nottingham Forest. West Ham United vs Tottenham Hotspur at 7.45pm. Liverpool vs Newcastle United at 8pm. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Camden Town Brewery, official beer partner of Arsenal FC. EA Sports, FIFA 22. FIFA official licensed product. Powered by Football. Registered trademark. Pre-order now. 3. Registered trademark. www.pegi.info In-game purchases. In-game purchases includes random items. Play has no limits. Copyright 2021, Electronic Arts Inc., Electronic Arts, EA, EA Sports, the EA Sports logo, Ultimate Team, and powered by football, are trademarks of Electronic Arts Inc., official FIFA licensed product. Copyright FIFA and FIFA's official licensed product logo are copyright and or trademarks of FIFA, all rights reserved, manufactured under license by Electronic Arts Inc., all UEFA Champions League registered trademarks, designs, and 
and or copyright of UEFA. All rights reserved. The PlayStation symbol, PlayStation, PS4, PS5 and Play has no limit are registered trademarks or trademarks of Sony Interactive Entertainment Inc. Premier League. Official Premier League app. Manage your fantasy team and receive the latest Premier League updates. Free to download. Download on the App Store. Get it on Google Play. Available at Amazon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 